All right, baddies, this week, everybody in the club getting eclipsed. We're feeling a little eclipsy, a little tipsy, and yes, even a little, uh, throwing a little shade as Mercury officially has entered its retrograde shadow, and there's a whole lot of uh, cosmic chaos going on, and we're going to talk about what that means for you and more today. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. Guys, buckle up. This is a very special episode. If we were in like TGIF, this would be uh, in all of the promos and all the reels. We are doing something a little special today. As if you're new here, hi, I'm Maddie Murphy, your cosmic consultant, your high vibe hype woman. And usually on these Friday episodes, I break you down. I break you down. I hope I don't do that. I hope I build you up. God damn it. But I break down the astrology of what's happening in the week ahead to help you understand what it means in real life terms and how you can apply it to your life to live your highest, hottest self. Well, you know, there's a lot happening, but truly the eclipses are the main characters. They are the headlines. There's no reason talking about anything but the eclipse now. Also, people, a lot of you are DMing me, asking me questions, TikTok blowing up. Everyone wants to know about the eclipse. They're like the bad boy international exchange student coming to town, a little mysterious a little chaotic, but we're we're intrigued, okay? So I thought, what better thing to do than bring in some of the big guns here, bring in some astrological cosmic backup. That's right. Today's episode, it's not going to be just me talking the normal energy report. We have the gals, the crew, the ever-talented, oh-so-witty, oh-so-fabulous Ladies from Allegedly Astrology. If you don't know what this is, please do yourself a favor and go follow them, go listen to them. They're a comedy astrology podcast that covers the transits behind events in true crime, pop culture, history. They are one of the few podcasts I really fangirl over just because, you know, that's my jam. They take my Astrology Isn't Real segment and stretch it into a whole beautiful, gloriously, like well cited podcast episode. So, Tune in. We chatted with them for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes about who they are, their journey. Then we talk about some pop culture moments. We break down some of the charts of what's happening right now with Britney's pregnancy, with Benefer 2.0, with uh, Pete and Kim and the BDE. So if you like the astrology isn't real, you're going to love that. And then about 30 minutes in, if you are someone who doesn't care about that, but if you don't, then why are you here? But then we start talking about the eclipses. We talk about, you know, what are the solar and lunar eclipses? What's going on with these Taurus and Scorpio ones in particular? What can we expect? The do's and don'ts. What has happened during previous like historical eclipses during these uh, Taurus Scorpio ones? And also they shared their personal eclipse stories and some things that happened to them during the eclipses, which was, I think, my favorite part because it's so fun to hear about what is like the you know plot twist moment that comes from the planets and, and how do we make the most of it and how do we navigate it and how do we just like understand that, yeah, shit gets weird, but it, it's to help us get wild and to you know live our, our lives out loud. 
So I hope you enjoy this. This is basically like a very special episode, you know, like TGIF style, like crossover episode, right? Like when Family Matters and Full House would like the cast would come on each other's shows and it was like an hour long instead of a half hour. So it's long, it's juicy. I, I hope it serves you. If you're looking for like the 411 of what's really happening during this eclipse and more of the astrology of it, you can listen to my last week's episode or you can download our monthly moon guide. I have a ton of rituals in there, horoscopes, journal prompts, based tarot card spreads, basically everything you need to know just to tune in during these uh, Looney Tune eclipses. So before we get into that, I got to do my normal spiel. We got to pick who won the baddie bundle because I'm obsessed with connecting with each of you every week to be like, hey, some uh, you guys won. Or sometimes you reach out to me because I can't find you on Instagram. And it really shows that you're really listening, which I appreciate. <laughs> so this week's winner of our baddie bundle, which is three months of daily VIP texting, our monthly moon guide, our community access, and our 21 Days to Real Self Love course is Megan95, aka Megan Mall underscore on the gram. And she says, hot girls love Cosmic Rx. I want that on a freaking t-shirt, put that on a hat. That's going on all of the hot witch summer gear. I can't say enough good things about this podcast. Every new episode is like a little treat and has really helped me be more intentional in how I approach the week, spiritual baddies forever. Oh, Megan, I love that. And I also love a little treat. My brother-in-law makes fun of my sisters and I because everything in the way, like, oh, it's like a little treat. What's better than treating yourself? So I think for this episode is going to be a blast. Oh, and the last little announcement that's just timely is a lot of you um, were asking when I was going to open up my one-on-one mentorship container by next Friday's podcast. I'll have a wait list up in the show notes um, if you're interested in spending a few months with me one-on-one and talking about all things mindset and healing and bad bitch empowerment and looking at your astrology and pulling cards with me and basically just becoming a more badass version of you, get on that wait list. I would love to connect with you. Um, I'm literally obsessed with everyone that I, I get to to work with in that space. So stay tuned for that next week. And also we're going to have some super fun announcements during this eclipse season, I think. So stay tuned to all of that. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. These girls are my absolute favorites. So enjoy. All right, buckle up, baddies. We have your favorite comedy astrology podcast here today for a very special energy report. Yes, you know them as the group that covers the transits behind events in true crime, pop culture, and history. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. Everyone, meet the allegedly astrology gang. Hi, ladies. Hello. What up, fam? First group podcast for me, so this is very exciting. Thank you all so much for coming on today. Obviously, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours and so many people in our community, fangirl for each of you. So before we get into all the fun, juicy stuff, the celebrity gossip, the eclipse chaos things we're going to talk about. Uh, why don't we have you all like introduce yourself and let people know what's the names behind the voices here? I'm Dana DeFranco and I'm a Leo rising Gemini sun Sagittarius moon. I'm from Chicago and I'm the astrologer on the Allegedly Astrology podcast. Wow. 
I love that you did a first and last name. <laughs> I like the first and last name. And, you know, we bond because we were born under those mutable full moons. So with luminary risings. With the <laughs> risings. Oh, my God. So much so symmetry here just, for me and Maddie. Which is why eclipses are crazy for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, who's up next? I'm Sarah Domkowski. I am a Cap Sun, a Cancer Moon, and a Libra Rising. I'm also from Chicago. I live in Miami now. And on the podcast, I do a lot of the writing and researching for it. Amazing. You're writing on the podcast and the writing on your Instagram is chef's kiss. I, it's oh. only one of few accounts that I literally have had like word jealousy over. Oh my God. Like, Thank you. Sarah is literally an award-winning copywriter for corporate <laughs> overlords. She has can lions. So this is like an amazing way to, you know, stick it to the man right. for Sarah. Okay. I'm very Capricorn, so I can't take compliments very well yeah. but i will say that's like <laughs> venus and sag in the third house that's what i feel like mm. makes the magic i can feel sarah blushing i know Elisa, yeah. <laughs> uh, like how you're like i'm just gonna step in and help her receive this compliment yeah. uh, buddy phone exactly. a friend to help her receive this compliment and then that brings us to you yes elise. so i'm elise carlucci i am a aries son a Sagittarius moon, and a Capricorn rising. I am also from Chicago, which will give you a hint on how we all know each other. And um, But I currently reside in Brooklyn. So Nice. Yes. Brooklyn in the house. Love all the cap energy between you. Yeah, how do you know each other? So we all went to high school together, which is... Very it's been a while. Fun. It's been a while. We've <laughs> known each other for ago. a we're long time. Yes, we're only, you know, just graduated <laughs> from high school. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we've been friends for a really long time. We've just sort of stayed in touch because mostly because I hate making new friends. So this is like <laughs> probably the, you know, the Capricorn in me. But yeah, we've just sort of like stayed friends through our degenerate 20s. And we're still here to tell the tales. <laughs> oh, I love a no new friends. It's just like, you know what? These are the good. The ones I have are good. Yeah. That is so fun. And how did you guys all like come to astrology? You have a whole podcast based yeah. on not just astrology, but like pretty in-depth astrology. So for me, I've like very vaguely known about astrology for a while. My dad is one of those weird like Ronald Reagan Republicans who like loves astrology. <laughs> and we have like a family astrologer like that we've had since we were like little and like she was like at my sweet 16 doing like tarot and readings and stuff. So I've vaguely known about it, but I have I really got into it once Dana kind of started. My family told her she's wonderful, but she's very like witchy, spiritual. Like I just didn't really like get a lot of I didn't really get the whole picture of astrology until like Dana started sort of like bringing it to my attention, I guess. Yeah, I do have a lot of Capricorn placement. So although I have so much mutable, I feel like I still hold some sort of like arm's length of the astrology mm -hmm. in terms of like breaking it down into like little boxes, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. Capricornican mm -hmm. way, Capricornican. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? And then how did you find astrology Capricornian way, Dana? When I was like four, I remember someone gave my mom a Scorpio magnet. And she's actually a Libra. But I was like, what does that mean? And so I just was fascinated by the idea of, like, being broken down. And, like, humans, you know, like, we identify, I guess, in sort of some sort of, like, 
tribal way based on our birthdays. And then I would just like read horoscopes every now and again. And then when I got into college, like I would read them during classes. I'm sure I went to a huge, I went to Wisconsin. So, and then like we got a little more into it like senior year. And then by the time we were like fresh out of college, I feel like all three of us were sort of into reading or I would at least update us on like our Susan Miller horoscopes. Mm. And then I just sort of got a little more and more into it. And then I think I have like part of my eclipse story that we'll talk about later really deals with how I got into astrology. So Ooh, I guess that's called by astrology, I got everyone. even more into it. Yeah. Oh, that's so meta. I love that. <laughs> and then Sarah, what was your journey into astrology like? Well, I feel like I started with, to me, who someone who is like an OG horoscope writer, Susan Miller, and I would read all of her long, very long like horoscopes every month. So I started with her and then eventually like I would go to an astrologer in college and I just kept getting more and more into it. And for me, I really liked figuring out how to look at someone's chart and understand them more. Like there's that phrase where it's like, you know, you could put yourself in someone else's shoes, but I feel like a lot of times that's not true. And that's what astrology helped me. Like we're not always going to be coming from the same perspective. So it made for me a Virgo moon like when I meet Virgo moons, it's very hard for me to understand them. Or at least like I realize that later, not to call out a Virgo moon because I do like and respect them. But like I'm a Cancer moon, like I need to tell my emotions. So for anyone that is more like facts, not feelings about things, like it was always really hard for me to understand them. And now then after learning astrology, looking at it, I was like, oh, like, you know, when you could like look at someone and you're like, I mean, I don't want to like call out signs and have people be like, no, that's not true. But you know, there's certain characteristics about people where you see them and then you'll look at them and be like, okay, that makes sense. That's adds up, you know? Yeah. Like you love attention. That's like part of like what gives you your emotional like greatness. (laughs) That's why I love astrology. It helps me to be like, that's why you're like that. And I can stop wasting any more brain energy on trying to figure, okay, that's just doop, 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 connecting dots, helping me understand you. Well, first of all, I love all those stories. And I also love and finally in a way like Ronald Reagan astrology. (laughs) Like I never even knew that was like a niche subset of people, but that makes so much sense, Elise. Yes. So my last question before we get into the juicy stuff is, What was like the inspo behind allegedly astrology? What made you guys be like, let's start a podcast breaking down all these world events and pop culture moments? I think originally we sort of talked about it like a little bit as a joke during the pandemic, but then like it basically is a form of our group chat between the three of us. So like that's all we talk about in our group chat is like celebrity gossip. We shit on other people and we talk about (laughs) astrology. Like, that's like what we, that's like what we talk about. And so I was like, what if we just like turned this into a podcast? And, you know, like Dana was like growing her astrology business at the time. And we all felt like it was sort of like a good sort of kicking off point for like Sarah and I, like I said, we work in like advertising and it's just like a great outlet to do something creative for ourselves rather than for our clients. And so it's just been a, it's been a really fun journey the last almost two years. Wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for inviting us into your, what sounds like an amazing group chat. So (laughs) thank you for creating a container for us to come in there. And I have to say before we uh, kick off our other talk, I love what you guys do so much. I nerd out because truly once I started understanding like astrology beyond the personal, like my chart and your chart, but when I started realizing like, oh, world events have charts and like 
Cuban Missile Crisis happened during like, oh, Mercury retrograde. That makes so much sense. So like I'm like that, you know, that Charlie Day meme. I'm just like connecting all the dots. <laughs> and I'm always that person like, you're talking to my husband about it. That's why I started a podcast. I'm like, this stuff's crazy every day. It was like, but I do things like so on the fly. Listening to your podcast is so satisfying for my brain. I'm like, yes, finally, like someone just breaking this all down so hilariously and chronologically. And I was like, oh, when did I find you guys? And I was trying to remember. And I thought it was you guys breaking down, like, the history of the United States or the concept. You guys did a whole, like, series on that. And I was like, yeah, Maddie, you're so cool and, like, well-cultured and, like, want to figure out all this stuff about history. <laughs> and then it hit me. that I was like, no, you bitch. You got into them. What made you press play on, like, something, like, suggested for you was your bonus episode on Hilaria Baldwin. Oh, my God. I couldn't resist. I was like, what? is this? <laughs> I was just laughing out loud. Like, I feel like I knew you guys, and it was so funny, and I had kind of barely been following it, so I learned so much. And it was so crazy, and it was all, like, before the conjunction. I forget what it was. It's like the conjunction. Like, oh, yeah. uh, everything was just, like, wild. And then I was like, hit that subscribe button so hard. Yes. I was like, oh, I need more of you. this. So that was my love story of how I found you, which I thought was hilarious. So shall we? shall we kick it? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to be talking celeb tea and hot takes. First up, Kim and Pete. Elise, do you want to lead us? Yeah, let's kick it off. All right. So I think everyone is pretty surprised at how at the longevity of Kim and Pete, wouldn't you say? Maybe not Dana, but just a refresher (laughs) for everyone, Pete and Kim's relationship Started with the uh, handhold heard around the world on a roller coaster during Halloween weekend in 2021. So yeah, that's and they're they're again still going strong today. Yeah, at the time, all of us were kind of like WTF about it because they did seem like a confusing pair. But when you dug a little deeper, you would see that they did have a lot of friends and connections in common. Yes, so like. Travis Barker and Machine Gun Kelly. And, you know, we've done episodes about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Everything we know about them is against our will. Um, Travis (laughs) Barker and Kourtney Kardashian, same thing. A lot of tattoos and a lot of PDA going on here. So after meeting through them, you know, they were in a few skits together on Saturday Night Live. They ate pizza in, what would they call it, like, Pete's native Staten yeah, Island. Staten Island. <laughs> they call it so exotic. <laughs> what is this place? Staten Island. <laughs> but then, like, since then, you know, they went on, like, a Bahamas vacation. He was at Chris's birthday party. There was also that weird photo they took together with them all in the same clothes, like matching outfit sets with so Flava Flav. And then, Jarring. you know, that one I was like, okay. And then, you know, the relationship was pretty hush-hush until pretty recently when Pete called Kim his girlfriend. So what is their sinistry? Okay, so Kim was born on October 21st, 1980 at 10.46 a.m. in Los Angeles, California, and Pete was born on November 16th, 1993. We don't know a time in New York. Okay, so they actually have lovely synastry, like, even if it's a publicity stuff with a, at this point. I don't know that it is. Honestly, just also based on, not to be too crass, but, like, you know, the BDE seems like a really <laughs> great real. thing, especially for a recent divorcee. So anyway, you know, but like their Mars are also, I say the BD, because like their Mars are tightly conjunct in Sagittarius, which is like, I mean, it's like a very horny couple type energy. Also, like people who know how to keep each other interested with like a very, like a cat and mouse game. Sagittarius is like 
always escaping but like if you both know how to keep going in that direction it could be sort of like really fun like you're always running from each other and then i guess incidentally running into each other's arms also for like co-workers it could be like bouncing ideas off of each other and like making each other laugh it's you know like uh real party party person energy people who don't sleep their sag mars placements rule like mercury and scorpio which they both also have and like so this is almost hard to speculate i think they know how to make each other laugh. Like, Scorpio's a really funny placement. Obviously, Pete is so much Scorpio. And Pete's, I think he's hilarious. I love his specials. Especially his first special, and he's, like, a child in it. Like Dana's <laughs> a really big comedy fan, if you couldn't yeah, I'm tell. I'm a huge, a huge comedy <laughs> fan. It's my least cool trait. <laughs> <laughs> and truly, <laughs> my most self-maligned, yeah, like, trait. Okay. But, yeah, so I feel like it's hard to speculate, because, like, we don't always really know. Like, we'll never really know what they're thinking. Kim Kardashian is so much smarter than and people like are willing to give her credit for it, and she doesn't even really care obviously which i think is a smart way to go about it just a little tangent but yeah pete's also like currently he was just like wrapped up his nodal opposition um his north nodes in sagittarius and kim's first house so this could make you know kim going through a major public divorce like you know having like pete around her could have made her feel like herself again it's sort of like bringing her back to herself the north node is increased it's sort of like it's like a magnet towards like uh i don't know increase okay so, like, and also as a Libra son, it could feel difficult for her to separate herself from Kanye, but she's, like, returning to herself through, like, the relationship with others, because, like, that's, a Libra finds himself in relationship. That's just how they are. Like, that's one way to <laughs> understand a Libra, right? So, if you're, like, friends always, like, why is my Libra friend always, like, you know, always with her new boyfriends? It's because it's who she is. Uh, let her be. <laughs> and also, though, like, his South Node in Gemini, like, the South Node is a drain, so it could all, like, almost be, like, flushing out Kanye's, like, Gemini mm-hmm. energy in a way. So it's almost like a weird stretch, but I feel like if you just think about other people as transits, which is an inhuman way to sometimes think about people, but just sort of thinking about it that way, it could be like he's flushing a little bit of that Kanye excess energy around and she's just sort of balancing it in all of it, I think. Yeah. I think that's a great interpretation. I never thought about it as the flushing, but it's mm-hmm. so true. And honestly, <laughs> the girl needs a little like flush, flush, cleanse, cleanse. So you guys covered a lot. The only thing I wanted to add to that was obviously the BDE. I was like... He has, like, we don't know his birth time, I don't think, but, like, I think just the Scorpio stellium in there speaks to major BDE. Like, people might not totally get it at first, but you do. Like, you feel it. And I was also looking at all of that. Um, I think that I might have some sort of, like, I don't know, otherworldly celestial connection because, like, all of that is in Kim's 12th house is, like, his. So this feels like either past life, like, if I'm going to get super woo-woo, like, they've done this before, they have something to figure out in this lifetime. He's also probably here to be some kind of, like, catalyst for transformation so she can, like, cleanse from all the Kanye stuff. Or it also just might be, like, in the more muggle, here we are sense of the word is, like, they both have been through some shit. Like, Pete lost his dad in 9-11, right? And Obviously, like, Kim lost her dad really young, so there also is kind of, like, a bond of them going through that sort of, like, Scorpio 12th house stuff together. But either way around, the BDE, it definitely feels like thumbs up for that. (laughs) Dana, what do you you predict for these two? I honestly, at the rate they're going, so based on what we know in, you know, the concrete world and then astrologically, these eclipses are going to hit them, like, really big, especially P with all of his Scorpio placements. And so the eclipse coming up on April 30th is going to be opposite his natal Venus and, like, close to, I mean, opposite most of his placements if we do it just by sign. I think they're kind of going to go strong for at least a while. I think that they might make it through this eclipse series. With the first break being next April in there's an Aries eclipse. But, yeah, I think that they're actually probably going to make it for maybe a year. Hmm. Maybe six months. Maddie, what do you think? <laughs> I like months. that. 
Yeah, I think they're going to make it through these eclipses. I think that they still have more unfinished business, whether that's like karmic or like the long term. I worry about like a Scorpio stellium being with someone who documents every inch of her life to to death. Um, so I'm like, that might be a little hard long term. But I think for right now, especially like the that double Mars and Sag energy, I think Kim needs some clearing, some transformation. I think she needs like fun and like intensity without it being controlling. <clears throat> Kanye looking at you. So yeah, I would say I think that they've got like a year in them at least. It just feels like there's something in there they need to like figure out during this uh, during this beautiful eclipse season time. The stellium though is so true. It is like I recently heard that Pete's people were telling him not to go on the show. But also, I feel like any guy who goes on the show, like, their life gets destroyed. So. <laughs> right. Like, probably for a lot of reasons he shouldn't go on. It's like, the one thing that men believe in that's, like, an actual curse or some sort of, like, metaphysical <laughs> thing is that any person who goes on the Kardashians is going to have their life ruined. Like, their balls cut. Yeah. I'm like, just stay in the background. Curse with a K. In the background. Yeah. <laughs> with a K. You just stay in your native place of Staten Island. Yeah. Wherever that mysterious <laughs> locale is. It's native. <laughs> Which I actually really like, not to deviate too far, but I like that Kim's willing to go to Staten Island and, you know, she's not too good for that. Totally. Good for her. All right. So what's next? What are we talking about next? We have, oh, Benefer 2.0. So what year is it? Bust out the cherry <laughs> cloth, the juicy guitar suits, because our favorite uh, Geely couple is back in the news engaged. So Jen and Ben, at least want to tee us yes. up. So if you don't know, Benefer was the it couple of the early 2000s. They're actually considered to be like the first combo name couple like that the tabloids. So not sure if that's fully true, but there's definitely been a lot more of that like dual name combining since then. They had a whirlwind romance. Everyone was obsessed with it. So Dana, let's break down their sinistry a little. Okay, so JLo was born on July 24th, 1969 at 5.49 a.m. in New York, and Ben was born on August 15th, 1972 at 2.53 a.m. in Berkeley, California. So, I mean, first of all, they both have Leo suns, they both have Scorpio moons, and he's a Cancer rising and she's a Leo rising. So again, both ruled by luminaries, although he'll be ruled by that Scorpio moon and she's ruled by her Leo sun. But... My favorite thing about their chart is that his Saturn in Gemini is exactly conjunct her Gemini Venus at 18 degrees. And so I like this for a few reasons. One, Saturn connections is like what's going to keep people together long term a lot of times in Sinistry. Like people fear Saturn for all the right reasons and sometimes the wrong ones. And the wrong ones might be that it's about hard work. It's about elbow grease and it's not about like fun. It's about like sitting through like, <laughs> you know, the dark times. It's also, though, about, I guess, like, BDSM. So it is people to find some fun in it. There it is. But especially in Gemini, like, a Venus in Gemini, just as I have one, I mean, but also just, like, it's everything you think it would be. It's, like, really fun, wants to talk about stuff, but also, like, you say, oh, I like you, and it's like, I'm going to go run away. Like, why would you say that to me? I was in love with you until now. But Saturn really knows how to ground this energy and sort of, like, make it, like, he can make a little, a little nest, a little home for her, and sort of, like, they can talk about things deeper than maybe she might, you know, initially be willing to just to sort of like save face for herself. But yeah, so I, I love that aspect. But otherwise, two Scorpio moons together is almost like so intense, but like they can really mind the depths of like, you know, the underworld together. They've like been to hell and back. And they are also, like Elise said, they were the first uh, tabloid couple. 
they are like two people who know no one else really knows what that's like right they share things with each other that no one else will know and then that squares their leo sons which is like you know just sort of like loving the spotlight but then having that like deep you know sort of like conflict i guess i would say that inner conflict with it like we need this for our like livelihoods but like where do i really feel about it and then they can connect there with their venus and scorpio or their venus and saturn and gemini maddie thoughts yeah, honestly, the thing that stood out to me was just all that freaking Leo energy. And I noticed, <laughs> I think JLo's last A-Rod was a Leo. And I'm like, they're making TikToks together during quarantine. And I was like, honestly, the Leo, especially, I think they both have Mercury and Leo. Yeah, looking at this too. So I'm like, that's just so much like Leo consciousness in one space. Like, I am the sun. I am the queen. I am the king. But, like, you kind of have to have someone who's either completely okay with relinquishing all of that. But I think that they kind of like work off of each other and i could see when they were younger and we'll get to this of like maybe that might have been a little imbalance especially with the scorpio moon there might have been some like power struggles or jealousy or things that got a little a little entanglements if you will but and i think about those two like leo suns and scorpio moons i'm like that just feels like intense pda central to me like these people love it and i thought of the probably the thing where i had one of my like sexual moments of coming into myself like turn coming of age moments was like watching on mtv like the jenny from the block video oh my god and seeing yeah. ben affleck like like rubbing <laughs> j-lo's butt on that yacht and i was like oh my kiss god. it i was like i feel some kind of way i don't oh want to do that to me i want to do that to someone one day and i'm like <laughs> so good yeah that's the, all that double triple quadruple leo energy and scorpio moon like let's just put this out like into the world even though it's like, Ooh, kind of private but like not really <laughs> so yeah i definitely also got the vibe from their whole thing that they definitely read each other's texts like <laughs> wake up in the morning just like checking each other's phones like while they're in the shower yeah, that was my hot take <laughs> oh my god i could definitely see that i mean ultimately for them as we know their first engagement kind of imploded and they broke up then they like married other people they got engaged to other people but then they found themselves back together again in april 2021 and you know this was something that no one saw coming but before we knew it, they were moving in together and it was pretty serious, pretty fast. So, you know, what was going on during this time that might have spurred this reunion? So when they met in 2002, the eclipses were occurring on the Gemini-Sagittarius axis, the North Node in Gemini and the South Node in Sagittarius. And that's exactly what was happening uh, when they reunited. Wow. Eclipses are a Honestly, really, the eclipses. A really magn- like, magnificent way to just track shit. And so this was, like, very significant because eclipses, like, run on a 19-year cycle. So it was the first nodal return since they fell in love. And they're, like, starting a new cycle. So it's, like, almost like starting from the same spot but new, I guess. Uh, It's, like, the Mm. opportunity to do it right this time the way they want to. And, like, as mature adults who have both gone through their Saturn returns. So many things we realize are, like, because of nodal returns, like, nodal oppositions or Jupiter returns. Like, those things Mm. bring some serious changes. (laughs) Truly. Oh, my God. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, so the first time around obviously didn't go so well. Obviously, they have another chance, which is amazing. Not everyone gets a second chance. So, Dana, can you compare the charts for the first engagement and the second engagement announcement? So the first engagement was announced in November 2002, and the second one was just announced on April 8th, 2022. And so, like, Venus retrograded in Scorpio in 2002 in November, the month that they called off the engagement. And so Venus can have a really hard time in Scorpio. People say detriment and, like, fall all the time. And 
sometimes that can be like difficult to grasp, especially if you have a planet in detriment or fall in your horoscope or in your natal chart. And you're like, well, I, what's wrong with me? And it's like, okay, nothing, by the way. But like, here's one example of like how that kind of plays out like Venus and Scorpio. So Venus is the planet of love and harmony. And like in Scorpio, it wants to mind the depths and the roots of issues, like we said. And so this could show up as like uprooting a love affair, literally. And when they announced their engagement the second time, Venus was in Pisces, which is one of her like absolute favorite signs to be in. It's where she's exalted. Also a water sign like Scorpio. So it's sort of trining that original placement. It's like pulling it from the depths and like helping it out, you know, irrigating it maybe with some like clean water. And then Venus in Pisces just like grows and <laughs> cultivates love. Oh, I love that. When you were saying his Saturn and her Venus, I was like, had this duh. I was like, of course, everything they do in their love through hard work, they have to do twice. I love Like the yeah. Gemini, right? I mean, first, hello, they had to have two bomb, and I mean bomb in the bad way, not the bomb in the cool way, kids, like <laughs> movies. They had Julie oh, and yeah. Jersey Girl. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I kind of like about Bam Jersey Bam, Girl. like two of like the worst movies I think that were like, ever recorded on Rotten Tomatoes or anything. So then it makes sense that they would have to come around and do this again twice, right? Wow. So, yeah. That's a great point. I love that. Oh, love that. Especially during the eclipses, just like all of it. So dead on for what you just said. And then numbers, like I'm not that into numerology. Like I don't know that much about it, but they got engaged in 2002 and then they got reengaged in 2022, which I just feel like so Gemini, so many twos. So many happening. twos. Then we just keep this on <laughs> brand. Nation. So many twos. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So should we talk about Brittany and her pregnancy? Brittany's having a baby. I know. We didn't name for it like baby me. I don't know. Has anyone come up with a clever name for like Brittany's baby? Oh, my God. I like baby. They should. (laughs) I really like baby name. (laughs) (laughs) Elise, you want to cue us up and and tell us what's going on with Miss Britt? So I'm sure everyone's been keeping up with her whole conservatorship story, but one of the most shocking things to actually come out of the court testimony was that she was forced to have an IUD, even though she did openly say she wanted more kids. And so, you know, after a few months of living it up free for her conservatorship, Brittany announced that she's having a baby with her fiance, Sam Asgari. Yay! Oh my God, so pumped. But one thing I truly love about Britney is just like how she writes on her Instagram because it is so pure and like... It's so pure. It's like almost childlike and I don't mean that in a bad way. It just seems like this is how she really feels and she's going to say it. So Very sad. So she said that she took a pregnancy test because she had lost a bunch of weight to go on vacation, but then she noticed like she was getting like a little stomach and they joked that, you know, oh, it's a food baby or whatever. But she was like, no, I'm going to take a test. And then she realized she's pregnant. She's like, oh, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Like It's official. So what was going on when she announced it? So that was April 11th, 2022, this year. And that was right around the day of the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. So, and this was in Pisces. And Venus is also co-present in Pisces. And the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction gives people, like, pause for a lot of reasons, like, in terms of, well, especially now because there's so much information of dubious sorts in our, uh, in the interwebs. But yeah, so this is also, like, uh, an aspect of magic, right? Like, I mean, it's not, like, impossible for a woman of her age to get pregnant, but it's, like, you know, I mean, it's less easy as you get older. And also, I know having, like, an IUD in for a while could make things difficult. Like, sometimes it it takes, you know, a while to get pregnant afterward. This is sort of not necessarily, like, defying nature, but it's sort of, like, it's, like, the purest form of nature, I guess, coming true, right? And it's also what we know she wanted, she told us. At the same time, the moon was in Leo opposing Saturn and 
Mars. And so oftentimes, like, um, oppositions just relate to, like, sort of relationships or aspects of relationships. So it's, like, about you and someone else, compromise and stuff. But this is also, I feel like, is, like, kind of, again, her defying nature, right? Mars and Saturn in Aquarius is, like, well, she has, it's sort of her, her natal moon, so it's her, like, lunar opposition. But Mars, like, these are the two malefic. It's sort of, like, I don't know, like, mother nature, like, defying, again, what you might expect to happen. And it's just so pure for her, it to happen to her, like, all within months of, you know, her being freed. I love this. Oh, also, sorry, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction happened on her fiancé's natal Venus. So it's like, for him, if we want to bring him into this magic, it's also like, you know, a wonderful experience for him, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Dana, what is their bi-wheel like? I know we like to shit on Pisces men here on Allegedly Astrology, but let's give him a chance. (laughs) Equal opportunity. Well, I mean, I'm a huge Bieber fan, so I can't really ever shit on Pisces men. That's true. That's true. I fucking... He's my French. I love him. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Okay. So Brittany was born on December 2nd, 1981 at 1.30 a.m. in Macomb, Mississippi. And Sam was born on March 4th, 1994 in Tehran, Iran. And so Sam's moon is in Sagittarius, which like puts him in touch with all of Brit's Sagittarius placements. She has her natal Uranus, Mercury, Sun, and Neptune here. So the moon in Sagittarius, or the moon in astrology is like the mother. It's like nurturing. It's also the body. So it's sort of like... I feel like his presence puts her in touch with her maternal, like, she's painted as sort of like, you know, the vixen, but she is, like, she talks about how much she loves her children and stuff, and Mm -hmm. so this is really, I feel like he probably puts that, like, also, I mean, he's younger than her, so I understand wanting to, like, nurture your your boyfriend or husband or whatever, not that I have one. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) But I think that that's adorable. Also, her Mars is in Virgo opposite his natal Venus, which is where the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction occurred. And so this is also just very horny, like oppositions in sinistry, like, I mean, their oppositions are a hard aspect. It's a 180 degree, you know, angle, but also the seventh house is opposite the first house. So they're kind of inherent in sinistry. This is going to make her Mars, her like, you know, I guess, masculine principle is like opposite his like feminine. So there's almost like a little hot duel going on, right? They're just naturally attracted to each other. It's on the same plane. They also both have Jupiter and Scorpio, so I guess maybe I'm horny for this couple. I don't know why I keep saying it, but, like, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Glad. Um, that, like, they can also probably connect on their darker issues. And, I mean, maybe they connect. I feel like they probably must. I mean, they're both dancers. Like, how hot is that? You know, like, I feel like Jupiter. Also, dancing is, like, kind of a way to, like, work out some sort of dark shit, right? Th- their moves are just so, like, I don't know, very um sensual. They also have, like, mutable energy so they can change together. He's a Pisces sun. He has a Pisces Saturn, which will ground his Pisces sun. And then also his Venus and, like, all this, like, Sagittarius energy. They're going to be able to, like, I guess, move and flow together, I think. Yeah, that was my, my like, quick takeaway. Well, first of all, the mutable energy. I think if you're going to be with Brittany, you got to be mutable. Because that girl is just twirling. Yes. And she is spinning, <laughs> literally. And she is doing things and creating. And she's painting. And she's naked. She's doing yoga. She's lighting her doom on fire. And so you got to keep up. Like, I don't know if I'm a fake slide. I'd be like, this is too much for me. But yeah, honestly, like, I feel like I'm horny for this couple. I've never looked at their bi wheel. And I, after like, you sent it over, I was like, um, chemistry off the charts was the only thing I could keep like thinking in my head. I was like, that exactly like Mars opposite Venus, Brittany's sun, exactly the same place as Sam's moon. And I like what you said about bringing up that nurturing side of her and activating her inner mother because her North Node is in Cancer. So even though she is Vixen, even though she's like 
maven, you know, built this whole empire. She's like here to be understanding like the maternal side of her and also I think being a champion for women and like the feminine and reclaiming what that means out in like different spaces. But basically I was just like, yes, horny, horny for this couple, such romantic, such sexual connections. And I actually liked that his like Uranus was like connecting with her Venus, kind of being like, they're going to not really care about the thing, like the age difference. They're just like, like, he kind of like goes with the flow. He's like, he is not, like, at first I thought he was a plant because he was just so like supportive. Yeah. Hello. Hello, cynical. <laughs> but like, he kind of like loves that it's like doesn't, you know, fit in a certain box and they don't really care about those things. And of course that makes it a little bit like dramatic, a little spicy, but ultimately it just feels really like fresh and exciting, which I think Miss Britt definitely needs. Beautiful. Okay, perfect. Yeah, let's let's talk about eclipses. So, shifting gears, <laughs> eclipse chat. Okay, I'm very excited to talk about this because eclipses like get me really excited. I'm also terrified, but I like fear them and revere them. But they're just exciting times. I think as someone who kind of loves chaos magic, mm-hmm. I really embrace eclipse times. So I guess we'll cue this up. I'm so lost without at least guiding me. She's my 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 shepherd, my <laughs> Capricorn shepherd here. Well, Dana, do you have any hot takes on the first partial solar eclipse in Taurus that's happening the day this podcast comes out on April 30th? Um, unless you're someone who's afraid of Bale for Ray's go on a date. Um, uh, someone who's afraid of what? Baleful rays. Baleful rays are like the rays of the eclipse, which is like what ancients basically like set in their huts for. <laughs> baleful yes. rays. Nice casual use dropping of baleful rays in a sentence. 100 points. I was like, am I supposed to know what that is? Gryffindor. Like, what is this reference? <laughs> so I guess Duh. hopefully nobody knows what it is and you should just go on a date. Go on a date. Go on a date. That was okay. Dana's advice. Also, yeah, go on a date. If you don't want to go on a date, ask your friends to set you up to go on a date because you want to go on a date. <laughs> okay. okay, we're going We're going on a date. We're feeling some sexy date energy. The themes around this eclipse, and I've talked about it from the podcast here, but Taurus eclipse is like, this is fixed energy. We are coming in to make some new beginnings for something that's going to feel like long term. This is not the mutable eclipses just came to like shake shit up just to shake shit up for its sake, like question everything. And now I think we're going to be getting some like, you know, putting some answers, putting some foundation down on those, looking at things around our self-worth, our value systems, our personal, like, you know, value, what we charge, our money, our finances, material possessions, security, our relationship to beauty, pleasure, rest, and of course, leaving our comfort zone. Gorgine. Ah, and then we have eclipses always happen in pairs, sometimes in a, in a trio, but there's always a story in this series. So the next eclipse is the lunar eclipse, total lunar Ooh. eclipse of the heart in Scorpio. Bum, bum, bum. And that's on May 16th. Any hot takes on this, Dana? Should I would say no? this one's a little darker. Don't get dejected. I mean, the baleful rays here... Personally, I will be taking them into account as a Gemini. I pick and choose what I want to believe in on any given day, I guess. Uh, not really. I do have pretty t- some type principles. But anyway, yeah, this one's like a little darker. I think that it's, uh, I mean, it's like ruled by Mars in Pisces, which is, I like Mars in Pisces, but I think that it's going to be conjunct Neptune. It could be sort of like maybe something that felt really good earlier. You're going to second guess and like, Especially in Scorpio, mm-hmm. you could really devolve into some sort of like paranoid mm-hmm. darkness, which sometimes we need to do that. And sometimes maybe like write down how you feel or like take note of it or like call, you know, a trusted friend, like maybe actually go into the woods alone. But maybe you don't. But you know what I mean? Like, sort of like, <laughs> Carry uh, Mace if you go, if yeah. you choose to do that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that this is going to be maybe less of 
I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Whenever I say anything dark, I hope I'm wrong. But this just seems like a time where it might be more like reflective and sort of like getting to the roots that are darker. Even like something that you learn, like might it might crack open something that you thought was beautiful. And like, honestly, that's where, you know, it's really beautiful is where it's gross. Yeah. Beautiful. Wise words. I feel the same way. I'm having all my clients kind of buckle up for like my Taurus new moon feels really exciting. And we'll talk about some of the astrology of it, like conjunct, you know, it's Uranus, it's the North node. It's like all this great planetary action flow. And then I'm like, and then the lunar eclipse in Scorpio feels like it's coming to just take us in an ocean of emotions and bring something up, was washing something up on shore with that. And I think it's all fine as long as we go with the flow and the themes around this are going to be like completions, endings. We're going to have probably some kind of emotional release. Yes, we might feel something along the lines of like jealousy or paranoia or just being aware of some kind of fear, insecurity, some subconscious wound, fun times coming up. But I also think that we can step into more worthiness, more empowerment. And I'm also sensing this eclipse is going to bring a lot of like abrupt endings and things that are kind of meant to be closed out karmically, like real, real fast. And I guess, yeah, the why that might be happening. And this is also eclipses happen like a big zoom out of a picture. They happen in these like pairs or trios, and then they're part of the longer eclipse cycle. So this one started November 19th, 2021. Look back what was going on. That eclipse fucking wrecked me personally. Also, my dog had to go to the hospital. He's a Taurus. It got real, y'all. And then this one will, whole eclipse story will go through October 2023. So just breaking down a little bit of like the science, the astrology of what is a solar lunar eclipse. A solar eclipse is when the moon stands between the sun and the earth. And a solar eclipse is when the new moon happens within 18 degrees of the north or south node. So it's very karmic. It's very destined. It's very faded. But with the moon covering the sun is also partly of why it feels so what was it? Baleful rays. <laughs> There's sort of like our our light is, is blocked or wonky. And in ancient times, this was like times people wouldn't leave the house. People like, you know, kings would step down from the throne. There can kind of feel, it just feels like spooky, eerie. I have seen little birds fall out of the sky during eclipse season. What? And like weird things happen. Nature actually weird. So oh it's like God. we're all feeling it. And even my dog going to the hospital last year during the eclipses reminded me like how much we feel this in our body, but our minds just start kind of powering through. And then a lunar eclipse, why I said the Scorpio lunar eclipse is going to feel more intense is because a lunar eclipse is when the earth stands between the moon and the sun. And we're like the full moon basically disappears, which can feel kind of creepy. And a lunar eclipse always is on a full moon and usually marks endings or a culmination point. There's just super significant events, eclipses in the heavens, but also for us muggles here on Earth. And just a super simple way of remembering it is a solar eclipse is a new moon on steroids, which can feel new, exciting. And then a lunar eclipse is a full moon on steroids. So think about <laughs> everything you feel on a full moon and just jack it up to an 11. Oof. I, love it. I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to prepare is the good thing. So nothing you could do could make you more or less ready. Isn't that, you know, good to know? At least as a Isn't Capricorn that, rising. I guess. I don't know. That's something as I, that I hate to hear. I'm like, I need to be I'm sorry. emotionally prepared for every scenario. <laughs> Thank you, anxiety, for preparing me for every emotional scenario that could ever come. So, Elise, we were going to talk about some of the historical implications from these Scorpio Taurus eclipses. Yeah, we looked back. At a few events that were big topics in 2013 and 2014 that dealt with Scorpio eclipses and secrets being revealed. So maybe we'll get some revealing secrets. Who knows? So Sarah, tell us about the first one. 
Yeah. Honestly, it was really crazy just like looking up the last Eclipse series and then seeing like what were big events or like topics in pop culture or like just world events too. Because the first thing we noticed that was pretty crazy is this was like when Edward Snowden happened. And I mean, like I say him as a person, like as a verb, (laughs) but it was so crazy. Like it was a huge story. If you don't know, he was a former NSA, like National Security Agency contractor. And he basically went to these media outlets and said like, hey, the NSA has this secret surveillance program and they're spying on all these people's emails. And these are normal people. Like the NSA is was supposedly created to track terrorist activities, but instead they were spying on normal people. So this was like a huge like secret reveal and also just like, you know, very Scorpio. I feel like the underbelly, like the, not that this is corruption, but like Scorpio, you know, kind of points out like the weird kind of stuff like lurking below the surface. Yeah. This was a bombshell for sure. (laughs) A bombshell. And then next up, we have Lance Armstrong, who he's a former professional cyclist. I think he was like married to Jewel. Oh, was no. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl, Cheryl Crow. Crow. Sorry. Sorry to Jewel. Sorry to Jewel. The first cut is the deepest. Oh, Elise. God. So sorry. <laughs> but I yes. Picture away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> but yes, he admitted to doping. Allegations about his doping began in 2010, but he ended up being stripped of all of his achievements from 1998 on, including seven Tour de France titles. And then he went on Oprah and admitted it. So it was definitely like a really big revelation because he was one of the biggest athletes of the time. And something kind of interesting, well, extremely interesting, if you're me, that relates to this is that it all occurred between charges occurred between a November 2012 solar eclipse in Scorpio and April 25th, 2013 lunar eclipse in Scorpio. So it's all between the Scorpios, right? So Scorpio, like the solar eclipse is like shining the light on the situation. It's like opening up the box, like, you know, Pandora's box. And then the lunar eclipse is sort of like, you can like see the full scope of it. It's like the awareness of all of it. It's like the culmination of like what began. And also sort of like thinking about doping in terms of like drugs usually get relegated to like Pisces, but doping and like sort of steroids, that's like very like competitive, which is like a Mars issue, and like keeping mm-hmm. it secret is very Scorpionic. So it's sort of like oh, yeah. it's like uh, under the radar, hopefully under the radar. But then the Scorpio eclipse is like opening it up and saying, "Hey, you can't do that, buddy." Also, remember Livestrong bracelets? Do I ever? <laughs> I copied Mary Kate Olson and like kept it at, like my forearm, even though <laughs> what was, like, my- yellow rubber bracelets? <laughs> like how could those just had such a moment? Breaking. They had yeah. such a moment. So dumb. Like, who would so have guessed? Yeah. So dumb. Like, they weren't like, even, like, nice It was, looking. like, the beginning of, like, activism as, like, a dumb rubber bracelet. <laughs> that was sort of the beginning yeah. of, like, performative, like, yeah. accessory activism. <laughs> accessory oh, my God. God. Little did we know. Finally, the last thing that also was just, like, a big release of secrets or, like, things you want to keep hidden was there was, like, a huge Target security breach. It was, like, one of the biggest security breaches in history, and people stole the credit card info of, like, all these people over the holiday shopping season, which, again, just things that you normally don't give out freely that stay hidden just Mm -hmm. released into the world. Oh, my God. So literal with the finances. I know. It's, like, crazy. 
Like, just looking back, it's, like, insane how astrology is so literal. It's so literal. Okay, so those were major Scorpio things, like things being unearthed, released, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And at least you want to walk us through some, like, Taurus-y things that have happened during these eclipses? So as far as like Taurus eclipses go, there were a few events that were very related to like land and borders and money. So Sarah, let's let's walk through a few of those. Yeah. So like first up, there's like a lot of like the actual like landscape changing, like literal shifts and like tectonic plates and stuff. There was a 4.8, which is like a really aggressive magnitude earthquake in Italy. There was also like a really big tornado that came through Oklahoma, which like wreaked all this havoc. So it's very interesting, like when it goes like the actual earth and Taurus's earth. Yes. And also speaking of earthly commodities, oil prices crashed during this time. Again, like we're kind of seeing a similar situation. And in February and March of 2014, Russia invaded and annexed the Crimean Peninsula from the Ukraine between Taurus eclipses. So I feel like there's a lot of sin, like, you know, and we know we now know that that was sort of the beginning of Putin's plan for Ukraine. Um, and he's continuing as of this podcast recording to invade the Ukraine. So maybe that will be something that we wrap up at that May 16th eclipse. That would be awesome. And maybe that's nice. wishful thinking, yeah. but I just... Yeah, let's project our Sagittarius moons onto it and hope that... Yeah, Hair <laughs> bear stare. I know. <laughs> yeah, these eclipses are going to be affecting, I mean, his chart, Biden's chart, and Zelensky's chart, like, have some very crazy fixed energy. I was looking at all of them, so whether it's this or in the fall, the October-November eclipses, I definitely feel like we can expect some sort of culmination or breakthrough around that. But again, is that just my Sagittarius stellium speaking? Probably, but I I do, I do actually stand by that. So speaking of Sagittarius stellium and what can we expect? I always put out the vibes of like, hey, maybe this Taurus uh, solar eclipse will bring like tax reform for billionaires or like waiving, you know, student loans. I always just put it out there. I put it out there at the microphone as a magnetic manifesting cord. So I'm like, that would be great. But we definitely will have some sort of Big new beginning that comes out of nowhere, just like Dana said, expect the unexpected. Basically, eclipses just bring big life changes. They bring catalysts, they bring unexpected news, something's illuminated, you know, all of the above, or it's like a puzzle piece falls into place for you. And they tend to definitely unearth things. And of course, this is going to be doubled down by the Scorpio energy, as we just heard, like showing the receipts for unearthing some shit during the eclipses. But, you know, based on Taurus, the new beginning might have something to do with like, selling a house or kind of getting that book deal that came through or something around like land, money, real estate, like new opportunities to make money. I pay attention to that, but it's not going to come in any way that you're planning. So you got to go with the flow, surrender. The universe is going to try and push us forward. So I would say just let it or else you're just going to get like run over, over and over again. <laughs> Eclipses are like the major plot points, right? The turning points in the story. Like if you were looking at the story of your life, like, ah, that, that was a big shift. And like I said, solar eclipses, new beginnings, lunar eclipses are more about endings or closure. And time is really weird during eclipses. We might have something come up in our life that like we expected three years of change could happen in three weeks, three days, three months could happen in three days. So we just kind of like feel how time is really bendy as we move through like these nodal shifts with the sun and the moon. And I think they're very, they definitely serve up drama. Like I am the drama, eclipses are the drama, but I think there's always something to make of it when we just look at like, I really do believe the universe is asking us to pay attention to some area of our life that needs to change. So the more we surrender, I think the better it's going to be. 
And I think with this conjunct Uranus and Taurus, it's going to bring some kind of new, like something around finances that might have a longer play, but like something new is going to be introduced. Maybe like the first country is going to start talking about accepting like digital currency. And we're going to see that story play out till October, 2023. Um, That's pretty cool. I feel like that could also, it's possible that that would maybe have even, I guess some astrological support for that happening is that when the U.S. Mint was like originally established, Jupiter was conjunct Neptune in Libra, which is also ruled by Venus. So I feel like this could definitely have some sort of like, I mean, I've been looking at like Jupiter and Neptune often has some sort of like financial implications in terms of like legislation for America. So it could definitely include, especially with Uranus and Taurus. And like you just said, I feel like it could Mm. maybe really set the track for uh, sort of like crypto and stuff. Would it be like regulating crypto? Like, or would it be like- Probably, which we would need, right? Expanding it or- Maybe the student loan debt conversation gets brought back up. That's maybe a possibility. Oh, yeah. Maybe people will start paying their debt with crypto. Joey B is getting pretty <laughs> desperado with his rating, so he needs to pull a bold yeah, move. Joey B, come on. Make a bold move. He needs right? a bold like, move Scorpio. out there. Do something bold. He needs bold. to be the second astrology president. He should hire me and Maddie. <laughs> yes, he should. So for all of my, you know, at least for the Capricorn placements, the Earth placements, who even though I'm telling you, surrender, go with the flow. No, I don't like that. Give me some do's and don'ts here, lady. (laughs) And, you know, I have spent, ever since I started tracking eclipses a few years ago, I think it was really um, the Leo Aquarius eclipses I started paying attention to. My parents are, my dad's a Leo, my mom's an Aquarius, born six months apart to the day. And I was like, why is, why is shit crazy? And then I went to astrologer and she's like, oh, these eclipses. I was like, okay, now I'm going to pay attention when these things come up. So the things I've learned by experience or from studying the really short, you know, version of it, the do's during eclipses, I would say stay in your body, hydrate, focus on getting a lot of sleep. Eclipses, again, they're kind of ungrounding, they're destabilizing. So the more we're in our body, the more we can process things. And honestly, it's just something to hold on to. Like while the world may be like burning down or swirling, the winds of change are coming, like just staying in your body is going to feel so much better. And I'm someone who's going to my mind really fast. So booking that yoga class. Go do some, like, I don't know what, naked ecstatic dancing, have sex, hydrate. Just, you know the drill. Stay in your freaking body. Leave margins in your schedule because eclipses, especially this one, we're entering the Mercury, like, shadow. So it's like things are just going to go bonkers. And then the second eclipse, Mercury will be retrograde, right, Dana? Like, yes. So I'm like, leave room in your schedule. I am a professional overbooker. So I would say, like, don't do what I do. Leave yourself margins, space, breathe, breath. It all feels good. Go with the flow and then practicing good spiritual hygiene, just meaning like don't do anything that's just letting too much of like the outer world's energy into your space. Because I feel like this, especially the Taurus eclipse, is going to feel like voltage, like high voltage wire energy or like earthquake energy, like literally maybe even or like like something's a lot of electricity in our physical body. And then the eclipse is going to feel like that electricity then just went in like the water, <laughs> underwater. Oh and so there's going to be a lot happening in our nervous systems. So whatever practicing good spiritual hygiene means to you, you know, energy protecting, having good boundaries, making sure you're meditating, you know, all that stuff that you know I'm going to say. And then what not to do. Big no-nos, we don't charge our crystals, we don't do active manifestation or ritual work because eclipses are freaking chaotic. We don't need that in our life permanently. And just try to avoid resisting change. I'm sorry, that's my takeaway, but it just changes part of life. And the universe knows that we move very slowly in these like dense bodies that we're trying to manifest things and we're moving like so slowly and the earth moves so slowly. And I think eclipses are moments where we go like 2X and the universe is like, all right, let's speed this up. Let's get to the good part here. So that that's my advice of, of the do's and don'ts for eclipse season. 
Courtney. I love that. Wow. I, yeah. Personally, I like just try and either eat like really healthy, like earth food. Yeah. Or like. Grounding. Yeah. Eat earth food. So don't eat space mm-hmm. food. No. Ooh, oh my God. Don't eat Dippin' Dots, you guys. <laughs> Dippin' Dots. If I can find Dippin' Dots this eclipse, I will eat them. <laughs> I do think, though, like what you said is so true. Like, you honestly can't prepare for an eclipse and like what ends up happening, especially if it hits your chart, like you're never going to be able to see it coming. And I feel like in a way, I'm a cancer moon. I really don't like change once I'm like happy in a place like it's going to take a lot for me to like leave there. And I just realized that like every time an eclipse has hit my chart, it has sent me in a direction that like I myself would have never initiated. Mm -hmm. But like while you're going through it, it is hard and it's like Mm -hmm. emotional but then looking back on it, you're like, well, if that never happened, then I would not be where I am right now. And I know it's like not always positive in the end, but like it is like it sh- shakes things up. Yeah, it's change. It's growth. We are here to evolve. We're here to expand. Like stagnancy is death. So it's like, and listen, as a cancer rising, I love me some comfort. But I also, <laughs> like I would never do anything if the universe didn't like flip me into yeah. emotion sometimes. So yeah, that totally resonates. So let's share. Should we talk about Elon Musk or our personal eclipse stories? Maybe our personal. I feel like Elon we is don't the care. outlier He's right the now. Outlier. We, don't we don't care about him. <laughs> Elon's Chiron return is exact right now. That's what oh, I think really? it really is about. He's probably not really about his eclipses. Gemini placements too. Some sort yeah. of like speech. You right. know, I mean, I think that this is personal, which will also, yeah. you know. Some people go to therapy is. during their Chiron return and some men buy uh, media outlets. Some it's like, men. You know, oh my God, I, know. <laughs> I saw a tweet or something or like an Instagram post that was like, Leave it to a billionaire to make us all like be dragged through his midlife crisis or whatever. I know, right? It's, it's so, so disgusting. Tedious. It's so like unoriginal. That's where it honestly pisses me <laughs> off the most about it. I'm just like, oh, lame, uh, boring, boring. Um, <laughs> all right. So, ladies, let's hear your personal eclipse stories. One, because I love story time, but two, I think it can really help illustrate what all everything we just said means in actual, like, real life, you know, day to day lingo. Who wants to start first? I'm happy to start. Yeah, Dana, go. <laughs> I mean, by that, I mean, I'm like deathly nervous. Okay. So <laughs> I have like two examples. And one is because I feel like sometimes, I mean, astrology in any form, like sometimes it's a real internal experience and it's psychological and it has to do with us and ourselves. And other times it has to do with other people or, you know, external events. And so my first is that on December 14th of 2020, the solar eclipse in Sagittarius was at 23 degrees Sagittarius, and my natal moon is at 23 degrees. And so this is what we call a partile conjunction whenever it's the exact degree, it's partile. And so for me, like in March 2021, like the moon is all about emotions and like how we experience them. I just went on Wellbutrin, which is like an antidepressant. So it's basically just like sort of like working out my emotions, right? That's pretty almost simple. I didn't think about it at the time as being an eclipse event, but I think it must certainly be. It was to the degree on my natal moon. Now, another one, which is a little has to do with other people. So in August 2016, there was a lunar eclipse in in Aquarius, which happened like days before I was at a party with this guy I was hooking up with and my friend who like went home with him. So that was the end of us hooking up, right? I literally never wanted to see this guy again. That eclipse was later reduced to just a full moon. So and that was in Aquarius, which is where my natal north node is. It was like within four degrees of that. And then on the Great Great American Eclipse, that's what we called it, right? The solar eclipse that was on 
August 21st, 2017. Oh my god, we totally would as Americans. Like, this is the great American eclipse. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I put on my fourth house, so I can't even pretend to be dramatic. I'm so dramatically, like, patriotic. Um, (laughs) Even when we're being complete clowns here. Which I'm fully willing to admit that we fully are. Okay. But yeah, and so in August 2017, that I became friends with that person who I used to hook up with. So that was sort of like bringing someone back into my life. And that was a solar eclipse in Leo. So just sort of like yeah. that was one ex- experience where it was like two eclipses also, even though one eclipse was demoted, it was sort of like these two events tied to one another that sort of like brought something to it transformed something from one event into another. And that was a relationship. And then the other one is just me going on antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yay. For mental health. Yay, mental yay health. for antidepressants. Yeah. Yes. Okay, amazing. But also that Leo solar eclipse in August 2017, it was super hyped up just a but for me that was like a really tumultuous time just between those two the leo eclipse in august 2017 and the leo eclipse in january of 2018 i got very traumatically fired from my job i had like a super hot and heavy whirlwind out of the blue long distance relationship and then right before that that second leo eclipse that ended and then I had a really tragic death in my family, also like all very sudden things. So it was just like a very crazy time for me personally from like, oh my God, like I didn't want any of these things to happen, but like they just, they all did and changed me in a lot of different ways, which is good. And it like brought my family closer together, like also too. there had been like some my dad's like one of nine siblings. So there had been and they're Italian. So there obviously had been some rifts in their family. So but it like all like very much brought them together, even though it was like over a tragic situation. But so yeah, definitely like growth there. And then a less traumatic thing for me. So in the October, speaking of Scorpio and Taurus eclipses, the October 2014 eclipse in Scorpio was the time I first moved to New York. So I moved to New York for the first time and I was just like bright eyed and bushy tailed and was working my ass off. And then, you know, like money got hard and all this stuff. So then I had to move back to Chicago. And then in this last or in this, the Scorpio or excuse me, the Taurus eclipse of 2021 was when I moved back to New York. So it's like cute. kind of is like bringing, yes, cute. this time with my Taurus Love Moon that. boyfriend. Symmetry. Taurus Moon boyfriend. Cute. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. He's oh my such God. a darling yeah. angel. All right. So the fixed, yeah, the fixed eclipses. Yep. Do something for your girl. <laughs> yeah. Elisa's lot of fortune is also in Scorpio or in Taurus. So that really, and her Ooh. icy. So about moving. Oh, oh. Moving. Exactly. Moving. Land. <laughs> yep. I like Love that. that. And then for me, the eclipses, a recent memory that like really just like took me for a wild ride were the Cancer and Cap eclipses in 2019. A little bit about my chart, like I have my Cancer moon in the 10th, so that's like career. And I have a Capricorn stellium with my son in the 4th. So this was just a wild ride of like career and moving situation, like In the July eclipse, which was in my 10th house, my agency at the time, we had one client and we lost, it was our biggest client. We lost it suddenly, like no one saw it coming. And then from there, it was like, I was like interviewing, but then I got laid off, which I wasn't expecting at the same time. And it was like a weird situation with that. But then while that was going on, 
there was another eclipse and I got this random job offer in Miami, which is like a place I never had been to. And I ended up moving right around like the Capricorn eclipse, which was on my birthday on December 25th. So it was like literally like moving to a new state and it all happened in the course of like six months. And I mean, I cried a lot for sure. Like it was so hard for me to move. But like now that I live here, I'm like, I never would have lived here if unless like the universe had kind of like picked me up and like thrown me overboard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. We need a word like that's so eclipsy. Because like it's not even like good or bad. It's just like that's so eclipsy. Like it's so (laughs) random, truly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So thank you for sharing those stories. I think it really helps again bring it into like all the stories. There's highs and lows, but you kind of see the growth and the forward motion and the momentum in that. So you guys compiled, I had asked like any random fun things you like wanted to share about eclipses <laughs> to close out with. And you guys gave such a beautiful, a smorgasbord, a celestial smorgasbord of information. So should we just go round and this will be our way of wrapping up just rapid fire, allegedly astrology, just information, hot takes on, on the eclipses. Yes. Let's go Do we it. want to start with like the very traditional, like brimstone interpretation? Mundane astrology. <laughs> yes. There's always a way to apply whatever like dark, uh, you know, what's it called, fire and brimstone thing. I think from modern or from traditional to like modern times. Even if I don't always know how to do it myself, maybe you guys will. There's a book called Mundane Astrology by Raphael that I believe was translated by Anthony Lewis, who's a great modern astrologer who also dabbles in like a lot of traditional techniques. So basically this information, it's not, it's color coded. So now this is like a realm, it's not color coded. I can't even speak anymore. It's like outside my realm of organization. But basically these people broke down like what an eclipse in these signs means. But I think like the one that is relevant to right now that's kind of interesting is the eclipse in the earth signs. So Once again, this was like some dark times. Like they didn't, they weren't that positive. So they said like when eclipses like fall into fire signs, like it could be like destruction of cattle or sheep or the eclipses in the air signs is like famine or sickness, pestilence, stormy winds, which honestly kind of applied to the last round, the Gemini eclipse, because there were a lot of like hurricanes happening, like really bad hurricanes Um, You know, in water signs, once again, there's just like a high mortality situation. But what's interesting about earth signs that they talk about is, you know, scarcity of products, like agricultural issues, which I think we're starting to see now. Like we obviously have a lot of supply chain problems, but we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully not with like what's going on in Ukraine. But people have been talking about the possibility of like a grain shortage because Mm -hmm a lot of the world's grain comes from Ukraine. So hopefully it won't be as dismal as these traditional old school astrologers <laughs> predicted. But, but Raphael. something to be said. Raphael, you are the drama queen. <laughs> but I do think these are important. I think, again, through modern lenses, obviously we have a little bit more of like, we have all the things in place. So it's like, okay, well, if one crop goes wrong, we could have like, you know, we have a lot going on in our international supply chain. But I think there is so much truth in this. I mean, shortage, supply, 
I think like the grain shortage, what's happening, and just in general, like between Jupiter and Pisces inflation, and then the whole like Saturn square on us effects of last year, we are totally in so many supply chain issues and so much inflation. So this is definitely like doom and gloom, but it's important to know and also like how we can navigate it and and what to expect. So Dana, do you want to talk about the watery eclipses? Because we're going into that with Scorpio or? Oh, yeah. Well, they denote much mortality among the common people, great destruction <laughs> of fowls and fishes and such things as living or near the sea. So basically, I mean, I don't know, maybe like a whale will be caught in, you know, garbage, which it probably happens every day and we just don't even know about it. Sad. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I don't mean to be so dark. Uh, I can be though. But yeah. So I don't know. Like also in terms of like mortality among the common people, it's interesting so much of this could really depend about what we're told on a given day versus what happens mm-hmm. every day, right? So it could also, I guess, mm-hmm. maybe I'm thinking about this from a very airy way, which is my my chart is mostly air. But hopefully, I mean, I there's no, we already have had yeah. such great stuff with COVID and whatnot. I think these Scorpio eclipses, the lunar eclipses, are going to bring on, I mean, probably a lot of things, but like definitely by some sort of like sex scandal will be, will come out. Okay. I'll keep it juicy for us at home, obviously. So stay tuned, May 16th. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Um, but I also think that the theme of mortality, I don't, this is maybe a little too esoteric for um, Raphael, maybe more literal, but I was like, there's something about like this collective grieving. Like, I don't even know, because now we kind of officially are like the pandemic is over in terms of like, mask mandates on flights and we're kind of i got an email from like betches today like the pandemic is over this phase of it and i almost wonder if we're all gonna sit there in like a few weeks and like take this deep breath and be like holy shit yeah we lost like almost a million people in our country like and just like the collective like grieving might affect us in some way i don't know if that's like too again Raphael's probably like no bitch it just means like something really cool (laughs) But I'm kind of like seeing this like um, relationship with grief will probably be mm. coming up a lot I think around the whole like very South Node and Scorpio. Very uh, apt. Okay. I love that. Very apt. Oh my God, ladies, this was such a fun roundtable. Thank you for just like, I feel like I got to really let my freak flag fly. My <laughs> Not even freak flag, but just my nerd, yeah. my inner nerd really come out with you guys. Thank you so much. Um, what is the best way for people to find you, follow you, work with you, give you monies? Like where do people go? We are Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and Hey Hero. We're Allegedly Astro Shortened on Twitter. You can find us at AllegedlyAstrology.com to learn more information about the podcast, book a reading with Dana, and yeah, we'll, we'll have a, some, a special announcement at our season finale episode launching next week. Yes. Ooh. And you can find us on all the podcast platforms. Wherever you listen we to podcasts. Everywhere. Yes, please subscribe. You'll hear about everything from the Spice Girls to like crazy, crazy cult leaders. It's (laughs) truly one of my favorite podcasts. Thank you, ladies, for coming on. Thank you for your time, your wisdom, your humor, and all of your like eclipsy stories. I so appreciated them. Thank you for having us. This was so great. Thank you, everyone. If you you guys made it this far, you're a real one. I love (laughs) you. Thank you for listening. Easter egg. I'm going to tell you the secret of life right now for listening to an hour and a half (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Love you guys. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, 
and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you cosmic baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.